Hi, I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and this is the Dine to Ask podcast. Today, we're talking about part-time jobs, side hustles. What was the best one you ever had? I think one of my favorite side gigs that I ever did was when I was relatively new out of college, and I was the voice in the Missouri Lottery for about six months. I had a friend who used to produce the commercials, and he always needed a female voice to record one or two lines that got tagged onto the commercials. And so I got to do that for a while, and it was really, really fun. So I I voiced these little liners, as they called them. I didn't live in Missouri at the time, so I never had to actually hear it on the radio. And it was the easiest money I ever made. And it wasn't very much money. <laughs> it wasn't like lottery money. But it was just fun. And it just felt kind of like play money at the time. And that's kind of the interesting thing, I think, about side gigs, part-time jobs, or as you hear them these days, side hustles. Sometimes you do them just for fun. Sometimes it is about the money. And then sometimes you do them so that you can rotate doing something Something different job-wise. These days, a lot of people are turning to them because life has gotten extremely expensive. Inflation. So today we're talking about some of the do's and the don'ts of a side hustle and entrepreneurship in general with the CEO of Constant Contact, Frank Vela. Frank is a super cool guy. I just loved this conversation. Constant Contact, if you don't know, is a company that I'm sure you've at least heard of. Their commercials seem like they're everywhere. They get referenced a lot in business articles, too. It's basically a marketing platform that helps small businesses fill in the gaps that exist when you don't have a huge staff. So things like email lists or building your website, And because the economy has taken this hit over the last year and inflation is a lot of people looking for ways to cut costs or make more money, those factors have led to a big surge in entrepreneurship and side hustles. Always does. Economy goes down. Those kinds of things go up. So Constant Contact just pulled 1,200 people. And what they found was 45% of the people that they surveyed are either doing a side hustle already or they're thinking about doing something to bring in more cash. Now, Frank has worked in his career for everybody from Microsoft to Xerox. He is a brilliant tech and digital dude, but he's got that rare ability to explain really complicated things in very simple terms. So maybe you are not exactly looking for another job. This conversation, however, could change how you look at the job that you have. It's motivating, it's inspiring, and it will really help you think outside of the box that you live in. If you have kids who are teenagers or college age, it might also help you understand where their job heads are right now. Because sometimes, I'll be honest, I'll talk to my 17-year-old, I'm like, where is the work ethic? (laughs) Like, you are not doing things exactly like I did at your age. And you know what? He shouldn't because the world is a very different place. And the work world that he and other kids his age will be going into is also going to be really different. So it's a great conversation, I think, for those reasons. So on this Dying to Ask, we're breaking down side hustles, how to find one, how to launch one, what to do, what not to do. You'll get some great business advice from Frank, as I said. And we even at one point get into parenting. I actually do that all the time. When I meet somebody, I'm like, wow, I want to know how they're doing things. <laughs> I love to to find out how they, how they do things in the home world, too. And he has some interesting insight on that. So bottom line, I think side hustles are awesome to expand your finances, but sometimes I think they're just as valuable to expand your mind as well. Frank Vela, the CEO of Constant Contact, is my guest this week on the Dying to Ask podcast.
Have you ever wondered how did they do that? I do all the time. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and Dying to Ask is the podcast that gets me off a TV news set and into candid conversations with authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and influencers I have been dying to talk to. Soak up the motivation that comes from learning how other people live their lives, how they take an idea or a goal, they follow through, and they pull it off. And maybe along the way, I'll get some answers to questions you've been dying to ask. Frank, welcome to the Dying to Ask podcast. We're excited to have you on today. Thank you, Deidre. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thanks. So you are the CEO of Constant Contact. It's a, a marketing platform that a lot of small businesses use. Can you explain what it is that you guys do and, and how you came to be a part of it? Yeah, I always start with the name, uh, Constant Contact. Uh, really defines who we are. So we, we were started 25 years ago, and our mission was to help the small business uh, market and compete against their larger rivals. And, and if you unpack that a little bit, a small business person does not have uh, a marketing department or a marketing person, and we create the tools that help them do that. But to bring it right back to our, our name, uh, small businesses are community-based. They're, they're driven by local participation. And as much as, as um, trying to sell something through email marketing or social media marketing, staying connected is a big part of it, hence constant contact. Okay, but what did you want to do when you were a little kid? Like what was, it was not to be the CEO of Constant Contact. Yeah, <laughs> no way. Um, uh, but that didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> and so I ended up in software. Uh, my entire career has been in the software industry. Uh, with great names uh, like Microsoft and Hewlett Packard, and and with some startups that uh, really brought me closer to the customer and the product. And uh, Constant Contact for me is really a beautiful intersection of of the two. Uh, we build great software, and for the small business, and and that is so fulfilling because you see the impact and yeah. and the return in the small business. Yeah. And, and did you come from like a, a family where people were were creating and running their own businesses or did you come from because the reason I ask is I came I come from a family where my dad worked for big companies, I always worked for big companies. I'm married to an entrepreneur, which completely blew my mind because being a journalist, I always thought of myself being the unstable one. And yet, oddly, in my house, I am the, the stable. one. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. So I come from a, a family of immigrants. And um, the, the irony is, yes, they were small business centric. Uh, when I got the call um, uh, to have a look at Constant Contact as their CEO, uh, my first reaction was instantly, I know the product, I love the product, I have to talk to them because I was a customer. And, and so the irony, uh, a little bit like yours, is as, as the child of uh, uh, immigrants from Europe, they wanted me to be uh, an accountant, uh, a lawyer, or a doctor. Yet they were small business entrepreneurs, and um, and 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 so I was. I grew up in having to be a small business participant uh, mm. with my family uh, through car washes and laundromats and and small things like that. That that uh, uh, made it compelling uh, for me to be here. Uh, most of my career has been in software that caters to uh, other solutions and enterprise-like businesses. But uh, this was really a connection point as, as a user and a small business owner uh, and a customer myself. Interesting. Okay, so I'm, I'm first-generation American, um, Irish immigrants. 
And I, I find that that has really influenced the way I look at my own work and business in general. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. Um, we're hustlers. Like yeah. <laughs> Failure is um, not an option. <laughs> we are hustlers. We aspire for uh, the American dream and we're here making it real. And, um, uh, and, and, as, you know, as, as the underdog, and I'll, I'll, I'll correlate this to, to small business, I, I, I think a lot of my successes come from not missing opportunity. We all have opportunities. You have to capitalize on the opportunities to make something of them. Yeah. And when, when we build software for the small business, that's what it's all about. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that more in the podcast here, but uh, there's a lot of parallels there. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Um, so when you talk about starting small businesses, the interesting thing about an economy is you would think when things are really good, people feel the comfort to go out on their own and to try things. And it's actually the opposite. It's when things get a little bit challenged that we kind of find the backbone to put ourselves out there. You're so right. So we just did a poll. Uh, we're not economists. We're not here to predict the, the economy. What our poll was about, though, is in a changing environment, in the face of adversity, what are people going to do? Uh, we have stats that tell us what they did in the past. And the statistics mm -hmm. say that when there's adversity in the economy, uh, I'll use the first three months of, of uh, the 2020 pandemic. Um, <laughs> that would work. <laughs> April, May, and June, there was 127% increase in the number of small businesses that were created. And we see that happening now. And, and often it starts as a side hustle. Uh, people want to shore up uh, a plan for uh, the insurance of, of cash flow and income. And, and then they end up loving what they do on their side hustle. And the passion moves there. Or the economy drives them there. Uh, but there is always an uptick in uh, the number of small businesses that are created during a yeah. down economy. So what are people using the side hustle money for? Are they, because I've seen a lot of statistics, you know, even just recently saying that people are not doing it just for extra money to, you know, um, pay off debt or to, for other things. They're using it just to get by, which I found really interesting and also very telling about the economy. It, yes, so right again. Um, uh, adversity drives necessity and, and necessity drives the, the, the passion and, and, and uh, the grit that we see. And it always stems from providing for my family. And um, anything above that is, is, is a bonus. And, and ironically, and done well, um, businesses that have been around for a while, the, the, the small business owners tend to do better than they would have hmm. uh, or were going to do in their, in their, in their former day jobs. And, and that's how the stick-to-itiveness is, 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 is fabricated. Did you notice anything in terms of the age of the people who responded to the survey in terms of who is going after that second job or side hustle? Uh, we didn't get demographics on this, but I can tell you the cross-section of new customers we get, which would be representative of the people starting new businesses. And, and you'd be surprised at how diverse it is. I, I would say it truly is a cross-section of, uh, of America. We have people who are in the later stages of their career doing something they've always wanted to do. And they've got yeah. the to do it, and I want to do it's it. It's like, it's that if not now, when? Not now, <laughs> I think a when. lot of people have that. And then we see the other end of the spectrum of, uh, you know, I can't find the right fit for me career-wise, and um, but I'm really good at this and I love it and I want to try it. Or I did try it through a side hustle and, um, and it's working, so I have to expand it. 
it, are different generations doing this differently? And I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, like my 17 year old son is interested in studying finance in college and entrepreneurship. I mean, he's always thinking of a million ideas. You know, and I always joke that like, there's not a lot of follow-up on all those ideas, but he's 17. So it's like constant generation of, I could do this, I could do that, which I love because my brain at the age I am is a little bit less flexible, I would say, you know? Um, yeah. but, but I'm curious, like in terms of the way people attract, attack it, like are the generations going after things very differently? They are. And, uh, the, 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 your son example, and, and I have three about that age as well. So you uh, get it. <laughs> I, I get it. But, but they're a great learning for people like us. And, and let yes. me explain. We, we were brought up to have to figure it out. I have to start a business and then I have to learn how to do the marketing and I have to learn how to hire and I have to learn how to do the accounting and I have to learn how to set up computer systems. And, and the incoming generation has figured out that there's a tool or a product or a service that does that. I don't need to learn how to market. Constant Contact does software for that. I don't need to, to learn how to hire people. There, there are online recruiting tools and, and former generations of small business owners didn't have those tools available to them. So right. they had to figure it out with a lot more um, uh, doing it themselves. And, and so that's a learning to all. Uh, that's getting- such a good point, because I think a lot of us, especially if you've been, you know, working or in, in a career for a long time, you get a little decision paralysis thinking you need to be the expert that you are in your current field to be able to try something else. And you don't. And the people who and you don't. That- they do well what they do well, and they love it, and they get better at it, and they, they leverage their ecosystem, whether that's the community, a friend, a professional, or a tool, right. um, software or service, to, to get done what is truly a distraction. If, if I put it in, in time effort, a marketer or a company with a marketing department could figure something out like, an, like, like a marketing campaign in a little bit of time, but someone who's not there in their day job, spends a lot of time thinking about it and struggling over the right words and the right images to put in it and the right subject line. And if you could just pawn that off and, and do that without a thought, then you get to focus on what you're doing well. It's, it's such a great reminder for the generations when talking to each other, because especially, I think you, at certain parts in your life, you feel that freedom to try things more than you do at other times where you have big responsibilities, like three kids in your case or two in mine. Um, it's a good reminder that like, you don't have to necessarily think everything through before you launch. Don't let, what is the saying? Don't let perfection get in the way of greatness. And that is a life lesson. It's a business lesson. And, um, and, and it's not as far as saying good enough will do, because that's not the case, but the last mile to perfection is not something you always need to strive for. I always think progress over perfection. Progress. Do something. I can always make it better, but if I haven't done something, I can't do anything with it. <laughs> so start with something. Exactly. Being a hockey guy, you 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 miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about like once people do kind of start that side hustle. What are you finding are some of the what are some of the most common ones people are doing to earn a little extra money right now? There's a lot. So. Um, there's the, the obvious um, uh, social media-driven ones. Uh, the ones we see the most of often have some sort of um, human contact with them, some bricks and mortar. If you're a florist or a baker 
um, or a, a lawyer or a real estate agent. Um, uh, these are side hustles of passion. Mm -hmm. They need a skill uh, to, to bear that, that uh, might be unique or I do differently or better. And, um, and, and these are these small businesses uh, that you and I saw on Main Street are still the staple of uh, what are, are driving the economy today. So if somebody is trying to think of like, what could I do to earn a little money on the side? What's the question they should ask themselves? What do I like doing and do it outside? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase that a little bit. It's not just what do I like doing, but what am I good at? Yeah. Uh, sometimes work is work and being good <laughs> at it doesn't mean I like it, but being good at it is really important. And, and if we look at the side hustles, often uh, when we pull people, the first one or two don't go the way um, uh, the small business person thought because they started something that wasn't their passion, but something that seemed good or cool or they could repeat. And when they do it out of, I'm great, at it, then it then they become in love with it because they're so good with it and it self-fulfills. But you have to be good at what you do. And, and that's always the differentiator. I would imagine maybe asking some of the people who know you best, like what, what am I good at that maybe you might pay me to do for you, whether it's a service or that I could create for you? Yes. Yes. Or people stumble into it. Um, wow, you're so good at that. Can you do that for me? And oh yeah. Is is often how it gets and and that's that gives them the confidence of um Wow, you you would you would pay me to do that, or you would pay me to make that? Uh, yeah, it's fantastic, and and then and that is is the inception of a side hustle, uh, yeah. small business. So once somebody does launch that that business, they're creating that good, or they're selling whatever the service is. Um, what are the the most common things that hold people back? Is it the marketing? And I know this is what you guys do within the company, but what are the the most common things that people struggle with? Because most of us don't have an MBA. Right. So first, uh, the perception is uh, money. I, I have to raise money. And, and then when we pull further uh, from people who got started, we hear two things. It needed a lot, a lot less money than I thought to get started. That's interesting. They say 2000 to 10000 would have got them started. Uh, but there's always a fear of raising or digging too deep into your nest egg. And then after that, the list is, I struggle with marketing or advertising. It's not my sweet spot. Um, writing a business plan, particularly if I have to raise money, I have to have a business plan. Mm -hmm. Networking. Um, Gia, you know, my, my strong point is not talking to people or networking or selling my business or my wares. So networking. And then when it comes down to hiring, hiring staff uh, and managing people and training them. Um, because it's often a small team and the people you hire uh, are with you every day and they're not single talented, they're multi-talented. The people you hire have to be um, diverse in ability like you to get everything done. And, and, and those are the things they cite as their biggest challenges. Okay. So let's break a couple of those down. Let's start with marketing and marketing could be as simple as maybe looking at your network and using free tools like social media. You got it. Um, it could be a flyer on someone's doorstep, which is very old school. It, and whichever format, a, a flyer on the doorstep, uh, a pop-up on their um, web browser, an email in their email box. Um, all of those things work. Um, getting it done is the hardest part uh, or, or getting it started is the hardest part. Yeah. And people don't market as often as it. So if you, we ask people, how often do you think you should communicate with your, um, your list of customers and prospects? And they'll give us a number well, every week. 
Well, how often do you do it? Well, every month. Well, what's the disconnect? Oh, the work involved in getting it done. I'm not good at it. And, and, uh, and so that's, that's a, a point of fear. Um, and often people want perfect marketing. And sometimes getting your name out there and exposing what you do is just half the battle. It doesn't need to be perfect. And then in terms of actually like writing up a business plan, look, I mean, and this could be something very small, you know, like, let's just say, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Let's say somebody's starting um, like a dog walking service. I feel like I see that being advertised a lot. And it shows up on the list of like common easy side hustles. What does that look like when you are coming up with a business plan? Often the business plan, especially if you're not raising money, is a set of objectives to keep you focused on what needs to get done. Um, to keep you away from all the distractions that don't get you more dogs to walk in that okay. scenario. And uh, that comes full circle to, to the tools you use so that you can walk dogs. But, but yeah, the business plan is often just your set of, of, of objectives to, to keep you straight um, and milestones that uh, if, I, if this is going to work and it's going to turn from side hustle into a day job, I have to be uh, this many customers into it by this date and this many customers. And when I'm this many customers, I can, I can leave my day job because I have enough supplemental income. If you don't quantify these things, even for yourself, you're uh, highly less, less, less likely to succeed. That's really interesting because there is a power in actually writing things down and drafting it out, isn't there? Yeah. 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 So in terms of, um, you know, people think about staffing, the reality is most small businesses, like the ones you grew up in and, and the ones that most people run these days, there is no staff. Like you are the staff, or maybe you got a kid or a family member, or maybe you're asking your mom to help you out. So you don't yeah. have to think quite as big, at least in the beginning. Correct. Uh, in my day, it was directly, directly related to how many kids you had, wasn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that was and um and, and hence, it's such a big decision. It, it, a, a real pivot point is going from uh, just you uh, or you and your family to your first staff member. Um, small business owners, they operate in a conscientious, responsible way. They, they are really about their customers, their community. And then when they have staff, their staff. So they know they are influencing somebody's life and they take this very seriously. Can I provide uh, for them so they can provide provide for their family? Can I do it as in, in a stable format? And that comes all the way back to your first question. And having the plan that says, I've mapped out that it is now time for me to hire someone to fulfill the next stage of, of my evolution, and I have the confidence to do it, is important. It's a big, big step. Um, and then done right, that first set of employees often stays and becomes family for a long, long time. Yeah. And then sometimes these side hustles turn into careers for people. And can be very successful. Uh, it's probably the biggest entry point now. Um, coming back to the analogy of, of you know, people coming into it, uh, many years ago, you, you, had to, you had to make the, the investments to start a business that were heavier than they are today. I, I, right. I had to lease a, a storefront, or I had to buy the computers, or I had to um, start with, with uh, a lot of infrastructure. And today, you can consume that as you need it um, uh, in more um, consumable bite-sized chunks. And so side hustles are flourishing and some always stay side hustles and, and, uh, and, and many, many of them turn, in, turn into the, the, the full-time job. Are you as amazed as I am? And this is 
purely a, an age thing <laughs> that anything you want to learn how to do in terms of starting a business is available online. 100%. I am still blown away. Like I, the, the number of times every week, I, how do I, I type into a Google search to find out how to do something still blows me away. YouTube is like university. Um, it is. Yeah. The, the moment I was blown away was um, I was traveling on business and uh, my lawn sprinkler head had got run over by the lawnmower. And I asked my dad to take a look at it and they fixed it. And I asked them, how did you do that? And my mom said, well, we watched it on TV and the, on the computer. I mean, I said, <laughs> I mean, you mean YouTube? And they said, yeah, yeah, that. Um, that's awesome. That's how ubiquitous it is. And if yeah. you don't use it, you're at a disadvantage. No, that's there's a no doubt about for it. Your employees as well as your staff. Yeah. Um, okay. You mentioned that you have, you have three teenage kids. I have three kids, uh, one, two are in their 20s now, uh, 19, 21, 23. Okay, let me ask you some parenting questions because it is interesting as you talked about like your upbringing and I was saying it's very similar to mine. Um, there was that kind of hustle culture as they call it, you know, at all times, like because parents had sacrificed a lot to come here. The idea of failure never was entertained. Like you will work hard, you will be successful. Um, you will do all the good things. Yeah. So, so far, so good, at least on my end. How, since, since you're, you've had a very successful career, how have you inspired your own kids to want to do those things on their own? Uh, my mother told me this and it was right. Kids learn from what you do, not from what you say, what, what you say. And, and they have seen, uh, my wife, Susan and I both work very, very hard. Um, they've seen us prioritize uh, the learnings uh, not always formal, but whether it's taking a course to improve ourselves, um, uh, investing in people, doing it with integrity. And although uh, the, the how the kids do it might not be the way I would have done it, you have to learn. I had to learn as a parent to not judge. You know, there are Olympic sports that are judged on style and there are ones that are not. I'd stop judging on style just because they're yeah. not doing it the way I'm doing it. Yeah. And, and then you see... Uh, the same traits come through. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, we wanted to solve for good people and good people uh, that are grounded. And we're just so pleased at how they're evolving as, as adults. They're, we're just so proud of all of them. And they're so it's in, And it's interesting how that advice also, I think, pertains to that, that whole entrepreneur story as well. They're very similar qualities. It's respecting, yeah. respecting the process and that, that everybody's process is different. Yeah. And um, one of them did their entire, most of their university, their, their college um, experience through, um, through the pandemic. She's just graduating now. And you really see a difference between uh, how that's affected people. And, and I wonder how that's gonna materialize in the workforce, uh, but uh, the core qualities are, are there. And, uh, and it comes through, and this is the way I manage people uh, as, as the CEO of a company, leadership by example is just everything. Yeah. What you say. So final advice for people who are thinking, you know, maybe, maybe, they've, maybe it's not even a financial thing. They just kind of always wanted to try running their own business. Final advice for them. Do what you do well, focus on that and leverage everything around you to do the other things. Uh, we've used the marketing tools as an example, but they exist on everything. Use cloud services to get your computing power, um, use uh, tools and, and software to do everything you can do that isn't core to your competency. So you can focus on what you do well and measure what you're doing. 
Um, you need to be able to manage, you know, in, uh, I was at a startup, I'm, I've been at big companies. If you're not measuring your progress, then you're dabbling. So, so measure your success so that you can fine tune and get better. Oh, that's fantastic advice. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure, Deirdre. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Dying Task Podcast this week. You can always reach out to me by emailing me at dfitzpatrick at hearst.com. Hearst is spelled H-E-A-R-S-T. Or you can always find me on social media at Instagram at runreadsip. Again, thanks for listening. Share the show, and we'll see you next time on Dying Task.